This is an ABC podcast. Any man will put up with big undies. I'm sorry, but every relationship gets to a point where the big undies just are out and who cares? Like it's not a shocking thing. And they know. They know. On. Ahoy hoy. Oh, hello. Hello, pirate. What? Is that a pirate thing? Ahoy, <laughs> Ahoy hoy. me hearties. Yeah, ahoy me hearties. I feel like it's more grandpa mowing the lawn and yelling down the street. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. I've never heard that before. I don't Double know what ahoy. was capturing me. Just you, just you and seeing you and the delight that I have when I see your face. I just wanted to give you an ahoy hoy. Oh, I love that. I've never heard ahoy hoy before. No one's ever said ahoy hoy to me. Maybe this will make it into the Macquarie English Dictionary Word of the Year in 2023. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just planting the seed. Ahoy hoy. I like ahoy. I'm not sure about the double ahoy. It was it confused me, but I'm into it. Look, too much hoy. <laughs> too much hoy. Too much hoy. How are you, Zan? You I'm right? good. Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks. How about you? Um, oh, this sounds like a conversation at the shops, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, you, we're, yeah, both, good, good, we're thanks, both very good. busy and we uh, we pretty much have one chance a week to catch up these days because you're flitting around the country, I'm making a TV show, everything's kind of going crazy and this is our chance to kind of take stock of the week and also make sense of an always strange week, music, art, life stuff and how are you, Miff Warhurst. So I genuinely want to know, have you had a good week? I've had a great week. I'm in Adelaide still. I come, uh, fly. I come back uh, to my hometown next week, but I'm only there for a day, and I fly out to Eurovision in the UK. So things are pretty hectic and and wild at the moment, but it's wonderful, Adelaide. I'm just in love. I'm literally in love with Adelaide. It's. I, I walked along the beach on. I don't even know what day it is because my weekends are now Monday and Tuesday. But it was one of those days, and the sunset on the water mm. was extraordinary. And I, I don't know. I just felt really lucky to be here and to be able to enjoy this beautiful time of the year here. And I, yeah, I wish I had more time here. So it's been lovely. Adelaide's good vibes. Before I forget, actually, next week we, there will be no bang on because you will be travelling for Eurovision. You're going to be in transit. So we're not going to be here for bang on next week, but we will be the following week. And I think that there's going to be a bit of a crossover where both of us are in the UK at the same time, but in different places. So we've got to figure out how the frig we do this, but we're both going to be on the other side of the world in the same hemisphere <laughs> doing some strange things and still banging on. That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, that'll be a loose one, won't it? <laughs> might, it might just be a, a quick phone call. How are you? Maybe we just have a catch up. That's all. We'll just we'll just broadcast our regular conversation. I am saying this now to just lower people's expectations of bang on for the next couple of weeks because things are about to get hairy. But you know what? Um, the gifts came through overnight. I didn't know this was going to drop, but the official teaser for and just like that <gasps> season two, the Sex in the City reboot has just dropped. Shall we take a listen? Please, if you're lucky. No matter what life hands you, you can always count on your closest friends to be there. Oh, thank you. My purse was exhausted. We are all blissfully unaware when our lives are about to change. Life is full of surprises. I'm ready to lose my virginity. Excuse me? I got the list. What list? 
there's a whole brouhaha at school about this MILF list. For real? Our lunchtime fodder is not usually this low brow. I swear. <laughs> really? Who have you been eating with? <laughs> and it goes on. It is a new season. Everything looks like it's in soft focus. They've rubbed the Vaseline over the lens. Looks like Carrie's yes, still doing her podcast. And Oh, no. <laughs> what was that? That was a terrible podcast. Um. You know what, what threw, the, what threw what me about that? What was the button they used to press in the first series? Woke moment. <laughs> Woke moment. So bad. And also they had a table of snacks of really loud, crinkly potato oh. chips and stuff. Like as if anyone's having snacks in a studio. We know audio. No one's eating crinkly snacks in the studio while they're trying to record. <laughs> so what? Anyway, it's coming out. Um, when is it coming out? May 23rd. So really soon in a, less than a month's time. And just like that new season yeah. is going to be coming out. So, and again, yeah. I'll probably hate it, but I'll also love it and can't wait to watch it. Plug it into my veins, Miff. And you yeah. know what? It's because the cornerstone of this is the rom-com. I'm going to talk a little bit later on about a great article that just came out showing that the rom-com is back in case you missed it. And we're also going to be talking about the Met Gala, which is timing couldn't be worse this year. I'll explain everything. It's next week. We're going to miss it. I have <laughs> Let's be I honest. try to Come do on. a tease, and you're like, "We're gonna miss it." No, but- Bang Fam need to know. I know they've got to they've got to got to work through this for the entirety of this podcast. I was devastated when I found out that the first Monday in May is going to happen the week that we are not going to be doing Bang On. But we're going to give mm. you everything that we know about it so far. Um, everything that's going on with the theme, with who might be there, um, human and animal alike, all of that. And also, I've got some very sad news about one of your favourite places in Australia to share with you too. Later on in Bang On, what? you'll find out. Has a paddle steamer sunk in a chica? <laughs> Is this what you're about to hit me with? Oh, I got a lovely email from Bang Fam who heard the paddle steamer um, throwback a couple of weeks ago and said that they uh, work actually knew that you saw you come through Red Cliffs, Mildura region, oh. a few weeks ago. And um, I believe that their brother or partner was working in a shop and was too scared to say bang fam, but did, felt it deep in their bones. Uh, but as she was listening to <laughs> Bang On, she was looking at a paddle steamer across the road. So the love for paddle steamers oh. is real. Paddle steamers are safe. Protect paddle steamers at all costs. Don't worry. Exactly, exactly. And also, can I just add, I was spotted in a pizza shop. So... <laughs> That's where this happened, apparently. What were you ordering? Perfect sense. I can't remember, actually. I don't think I had a pizza. It was fish and chip slash pizza shop. Got to cover all bases in the Oh, mixed business. I love that. Mixed business, yeah. Love it. But there's always lots of chat about TV because we love TV on Bang On and it's pretty much overtaken what everyone does. TV is in its golden age. A lot of the best actors around the world are now in high-profile TV series, and HBO is often uh, behind a lot of them. We've been talking about Succession pretty much every other week. Did you hear that there's going to be a new HBO series based on the stories of Harry Potter coming out? I did hear this, and I'm, I'm actually quite intrigued as to how this is happening, to be honest. Um, Cash money, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's money, 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 isn't it? Um, but obviously J.K. Rowling has alienated quite a few people in the last few years mm. and particularly a lot of her audience. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach this one. Have you got any word on how that will be? Well, given that the actors who are in the original Harry Potter films have really been very public about distancing themselves from J.K. Rowling's uh, comments about transgender people and her feelings on that, which has, as you say, been really hard and um, really heartbreaking as well for a lot of Harry Potter fans. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about 
who's going to be cast in this and who will align themselves with this series because it could go either way. There'll be more people of colour cast in the series um, and certainly different to what was cast in the in the books and who was cast in the books. Interestingly, in regards to the role of Hermione, in the stage shows, The Cursed Child, which is playing at the moment, um, it's been playing in the West End for years and it's actually playing in Melbourne and has been for the last few years as well. That actor is, or Hermione is played by um, a black actress, and they're talking about Hermione being a black actress in this in this new series. So I think that that's kind of welcome that there's going to be a lot more diversity in the cast of Harry Potter 2023 style. But yeah, if you're an actor, that would be a real kind of fork in the road, isn't it? Like because um, it's a bit of an unknown. It's such a loved story, but then written by an author whose comments around a very vulnerable section of the community have been a bit tough to bear in the last couple of years. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Look, I feel like I'm not any kind of expert to talk on what happens narratively because I haven't actually still read the books, which is not cool, I must admit. There's nothing There's nothing great about somebody going, oh, I was too good for it and I won't read it. Do you know what I mean? But you, like, uh, at the risk of sounding horrible, you were too old for those books when they I came out. I was old. <laughs> so was I. I thought, everyone should, I thought everyone should have grown up. I was like, grow up, you adult. you're all adults. Why are you reading this book? <laughs> But I should read it still. Like, I, you know, I need to know what's going on. And I, and I must admit, I've never got through the movies either. And Joel Creasy is a huge fan who he I is, work with on a regular yeah. basis. So I never, I can never engage in any of those conversations with him. I don't know what he's talking about when he's talking about <laughs> wands and and his love. And, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, yeah, I don't I, no idea. No idea. Quite blissfully unaware, to be honest. <laughs> I listened to the whole series, and I think I talked about this at the time during the lockdowns in Melbourne because they were long, and I needed to escape my surrounds, and I couldn't get further than five kilometres. So I escaped in my mind, and I listened to the audio books that Stephen Fry narrates, all of them through the lockdowns. So I came to it, you know, twenty years late. But there were so many moments when I was listening, where I was like, "Oh, I finally get the reference what people have been yeah. talking about for twenty-five years." And I'm actually going to see that performance of Harry Potter this weekend in Melbourne. I'm finally seeing The Cursed Child and that crazy Is that the truncated performs. version, though, the one that doesn't go for, like, two halves and 74 hours? Yeah, it's it our vibe. Like... It only goes for three and a half hours. I oh, see, three and a half is still too long. Come <laughs> but, on. But it used to be two separate shows, so now it's, like, three hours on a Saturday night, done. It's still too long. <laughs> How long does Rocky Horror go for? Hour and a half, sweet. No interval, hour and a half. No, there's an interval. Oh, my God. That's really yeah. concise. It's really concise. Done. We don't muck around. <laughs> not, fast game's a good game. Fast game is a good game. And leave them wanting more, not oh. the other way around. 100%. Well, speaking of people who have tarnished their legacy, heard a lot of fans in recent years, Barry Humphreys died over the weekend, and he's someone who is also been very vocal about his feelings on transgender people, heard a lot of people in the community because of what he said. And when he died over the weekend, the responses were varied, weren't they? I was actually at the comedy festival when the news came through. I was seeing some shows. It was the Saturday night, which is, you know, technically the second last night, but really it's the night that everyone rips the lid off it, the final night of the comedy festival. And I was looking around this room of comedians and even within that, everyone was kind of discussing and had, you know, different reactions to how they feel, how they should feel, how they would feel, had things been different. Um, it's it's tricky, isn't it, when you have someone whose legacy has been so huge but then in the final sort of years of their life has just shifted people's opinions so much. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the Comedy Festival took his name away from their, I guess, their top prestigious award quite a couple of years ago Mm. for the views that Barry Humphreys held. It was originally called The Barrys. And, of course, that conversation came up again in the media this week. And we're not going to delve into that. But I would love to point you to an article that's been written by Sammy Jay, who was a recipient of the Barrier Award a few years ago, but also then was on the board when they decided to take his name off. So if you want uh, someone who's actually an insider on the situation and uh, give some great reasoning as to why it was done. And um, I think I think that's that's something worth looking into at this point. He essentially, the, the point of it is, fa- these, these are his words, faced with hurting the feelings of an established legend with a global platform or ignoring and excluding members of a vulnerable community, the festival chose the former. Why? Simple. Arts festivals only exist if there are artists and artists only take part in festivals they feel welcome at. And I think that's a really solid point. It's a really great piece and he does say right at the top, allow me now to attempt the impossible by defending both Humphreys and the festival in 800 words or less without being cancelled myself. He Mm. knows what he's wading into, but I think he does it really concisely and captures a lot of the conversations that I saw brewing about this week um, in the last few days after the death of, of Barry Humphreys. On a lighter note, great update to the Matthew Perry, Keanu Reeves saga. <laughs> it's so weird. It's a saga. <laughs> now, if you forgot about this, we talked about it a few weeks ago, but if you missed that episode, that's fine. We'll give you the, the, the Cliff's Notes of these. Basically, Matthew Perry recently released a memoir and within the memoir he kind of said something like basically couldn't re- he basically couldn't figure out why Keanu Reeves got to live when all these other legendary actors had died which is a weird thing to be thinking anyway really like, to think i wish someone else died rather than them like that's a very strange thing to put down and the editor should have got that he's he's actual statement was, why is it that the original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? I mean, that's who writes that thing that's okay about anybody? The way that it's written, it's very poor writing, but it's also like, I can tell you're trying to be funny, but it's absolutely landed like a lead balloon. Something that I've discovered in the time since, and this was brought to my attention um, by, by you, Miff, thank you for sharing this with me. Perry told an audience um, at a Los Angeles Time Festival of Books recently that he's going to actually remove any mention of Reeves from future editions of the memoir. So he's going to be doing another version where he takes all of that out, which is great. Um, that's cancellation culture right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and in, <laughs> the other thing that was revealed was that him and Keanu live in the same street. They're neighbours. So some shit went, da- shit went down. Something's... Someone has not taken their bins out and they've left the prawns in uh, over Christmas. Or... No, no, you know what it is. <laughs> their bins were full at Christmas and they put the prawns in no. Matthew Perry's Matthew Perry's bin. I reckon this is what's been going on, and they've and and maybe maybe Keanu puts his excess bottles in. <laughs> Matthew Perry's recycling. That could be what it is. Well, someone's and got the leaf blower going camera. at 5am, all that stuff. Totally, totally. <laughs> or perhaps, you know, look, I suspect Keanu holds healing circles in a year <laughs> on his property. I just feel like there's that's the vibe there and, and maybe... And the, what's you know, wrong the, with that? There's nothing wrong with it, but possibly the screaming from the ayahuasca ceremonies <laughs> might actually be a little bit disconcerting at times. They, they, look, it could be all things... 
that are going on. We don't know. We don't know what it's like living up in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, <laughs> hard. Next to very, very famous people. But I think it's hard. And I think that's why Matthew Perry's been harbouring these strong feelings about Keanu. Yeah. I think. Or maybe Keanu's a naturist, loves being nude. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it on your own property, but look, maybe Matthew Perry co- cops an eyeful every now and then. You seem to know a lot about the internal workings of Keanu Reeves' life, and someone who's shared space and time with Keanu. That's right. We'll never forget that you were rubbing your leg against what you thought was a table leg, but was his actual human oh. leg. Um, yeah. You seem to know a lot about what he gets up to in his spare time for you and of course Keanu mates. No, well, he look. He do, he does have an age appropriate girlfriend, so I, I, I suspect you know he could be interested in me at some point, but. <laughs> Uh, I doubt that very much. Um, it's just it's a one way, uh, one way relationship here. I'm just gonna that's gonna live rent free in my brain for a long time. Those two neighbours and just you can imagine the awkwardness as they come out of their I'm sure very protected gated community. And he's just driving down and this book's been published and all of a sudden he's just like hey, Keanu. He's like, what the fuck, Matthew man? Perry having his morning dart in a dressing in in a in a short dressing gown. With some flip-flops at the front gate, just watching his bins. That's what I want to see. There's a movie there. Now we mentioned Sex in the City's return. Sorry, and just like that, it will always be Sex in the City. And that, of course, uh, centres around the rom-com, which is one of my favourite genres. I think we've talked about this for, before on yeah. Bang On. But it's really rising. Did you know, Miff, that 36 new rom-coms are coming out this year on film and streamed TV, three a month on average? Is that a lot? Because I don't know how many rom-coms are pumped out, but I know there's a lot of shit ones because I've taken a lot of flights and I've watched them all. <laughs> They're the perfect so... flight film. Absolutely. And is it because flying's back that these rom-coms are being made because we do need that sort of fodder in our lives again? I, I don't know. Is 30-something is obviously a big number for rom-coms. Well, I think it's because year. when you think about the other films that are produced in mass numbers, the first thing I think of is the Marvel and DC franchises, right, these big action films, which are still films that get people into cinemas, which is what distributors want. But those are really expensive to make. They've got a lot mm. of CGI. They've usually got really big actors um, commanding very big paychecks. Rom-coms are quick, they're simple, they absolutely follow a formula, they're cheaper to make, there's no special effects and actors like doing them and they also work really well on planes, on streaming services. Mm. They're kind of comfort, you know, and I think that's another part of it for me in the last few years. You like watching things that comfort you, that give you a sense of nostalgia, that you know exactly the formula and that's fine because it's a sense of consistency and normalcy that maybe our lives haven't had in the last few years. But the difference between these new rom-coms is that they are way less white. And when you think about all Mm. the classic rom-coms that are held up as the most loved and most popular and and big blockbuster hits, they're all pretty white and middle class, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And and the great article that you shared with me about rom-coms, the return of the rom-com, the genre is thriving again but with new values, and, and this is by Louisa Young, is really interesting in that she suggests that the content hasn't changed in that it it's still aiming for that notion of two people becoming one, finding your soulmate, um, you know, true love is forever once you find it and you're better off once you find it. Like that's all still there. <laughs> However, everything in the films has changed including things like not just the the technology but the the types of people that you see who are allowed to have love and I and I was really interested in that idea of who's been allowed to fall in love on our screens and 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 that was 
utterly depressing. It's true. It's like a, it's the sexy, sexy white woman and a man with a, chis- a sexy white guy with a chiselled jaw, mm-hmm. and and they're they've. Pretty much been the only ones who've been allowed to find love, and then there was a blip on the radar, and that was Bridget Jones' diary, and she was apparently fat at nine stone. Mm. And my goodness, how dare they! Absolutely, how dare they! And and the possibility that someone like Hugh Grant could love a woman who wears big undies. <laughs> I mean, really. Now that I'm an adult, I know these things. It's like <laughs> any man will put up with big undies. Because they have to. <laughs> That's another one for the T-shirt. Any they man will put to. up with big undies. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but every relationship gets to a point where the big undies just are out and who cares? Like it's not a shocking thing. And they know. They know. Absolutely no. Um, when people talk about also, the longevity and shape of a relationship, they're specifically talking about the crossover to the big undies. Yes. The yes, shape of exactly. the big undies. Yes, yes. But also we've grown up too, you know. Uh, I feel like rom-coms are a little bit more in touch with a few ideas, which is relationships are hard work, romantic love changes, a partner doesn't have to complete complete you at all. And, in fact, if you want to survive in a relationship, they absolutely shouldn't complete you. You need people outside of a relationship. So I think... In the same way that the stuff in the film changes, our ideas about love change. And I'm really actually interested when it comes to the rom-com to see how these ideas and how how feminism, how, um, you know, societal changes will impact the narrative of these. Will it go back to, you know, that one person that completes you idea or will it open it up? I'm hoping it'll open it up a little bit more. I love these stories. It reminds me of seeing recently that other musical and Juliet, which is kind of like this feminist retelling of what would happen if Juliet of Romeo and Juliet fame didn't take her life if she kept going and created her own life. And I don't want to give away any spoilers. It's a musical. I imagine the big undies you could have caught Romeo with over the balcony <laughs> if she <laughs> instead of what a visual. Um, instead of putting down your hair, just throw down your big undies. <laughs> Grab him in the gusset. <laughs> but that, that was just, that was great. I love that. It was unexpected. And bros as well. Really great yeah. rom-com focused around two gay men, Hollywood-funded, big film with the wonderful Billy Eichner, something I'd never seen on that scale before. Loved it. So I'm here for it. I'm very excited that there's 37 rom-coms coming out this year. <laughs> I will watch most, if not all of them. And um, I love that this is still such a huge part of of movie going life, but it's maybe a little bit more reflective of what life is in general for us. Now, Miff, I have, as you've already given away, some bad news this Mm. coming Monday, the first Monday in May. Can you believe it's May already? It is um, an iconic time because the Met Gala happens every first Monday in May, and it's literally going to be on Monday, the 1st of May this week. Unfortunately, as we previously mentioned, we're not going to be here next week because you're travelling and it's just impossible for us to capture bang on with this crazy Eurovision life you're about to go into. We're going to be back the next week, but I have a feeling that you're going to be all over it by then. So 
I just wanted to give everyone a heads up about what they can get excited about and just know that the spirit of Miff and Zan is with you, Bang Fan, that we are absolutely watching this on our own. Mm. I mean, maybe we can go Instagram live. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, it's 7am on Monday morning. If we, whatever, if we're not part of this Met Gala, know that we're feeling it deeply and we have a lot of comments. We have a lot of opinions about what everyone's wearing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, The theme this year is a tribute to Karl Lagerfeld, of course, fabulous fashion designer, Um, with some, you know, questionable behaviour over the years. Another Uh, guy who got old and said some dodgy stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the the theme is a line of beauty and it's a celebration of all his works with the various fashion houses because it's always based around an exhibition that they show at the museum, um, which is why it's called the Met Gala, mm. the opening of an exhibition at the Met Metropolitan Museum in New York City. And um, a line of beauty, Karl Lagerfeld. Um, I'm sure there'll be some other lines going down. That uh, absolutely. Works. There'll be a few beautiful lines going down <laughs> in the bathrooms, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Probably very chubby ones, which Karl Lagerfeld would not endorse because he didn't eat, I don't think, in the last sort of couple of years of his what? life either. He was pretty bad for he was pretty notorious for saying quite few quite a few fat phobic comments in his in his latter years. He also had a cat called Choupette. Yes. Choupette. We've talked about Choupette before, haven't we? We have. Choupette was uh, the recipient of a $200 million fortune <laughs> left oh, that's by Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, my God. Well, Chipette's absolutely going to this. Chipette's going to be attending the Met. Yes, that was one of the questions in this fantastic 101 on the Met. One of the questions. And I reckon cozying up to a Kardashian (laughs) in a in some sort of some sort of vintage dress is that cat's idea of their worst nightmare. Who will carry Chipette? Who will be Chipette? Oh my God! No, Kim Kardashian will be carrying Chipette. You know that. Oh God! She paid for the Marilyn Monroe dress last year. She will somehow have Chupette, I think. Chupette's got to be one of the few people who can actually afford to go to this because guess how much tickets are? How much? Well, previously they were $35,000, but they've apparently gone up to fifty k now. One ticket to the Met Gala is $50,000 and you have oh to be God. invited as well. Oh my God! Eat There's the no rich. going on Ticketek the morning of and just hoping that you get in. You've got to be invited. Anna Wintour has got to decide that you deserve to pay fifty thousand dollars for this Met Gala, and then she'll tell you exactly where you sit and all the politics around that. If you've never seen oh. the first Monday in May documentary, it is brilliant. It's all about the Met I Gala. Hate everything about this, but one, <laughs> so I love funny. it. It's like it, well, it's the monarchy, isn't it? Same thing. Yep. It's about keeping people in, keeping people out. This year they're going to be celebrating Karl Lagerfeld. I hope you enjoy it, Bang Fam. I know you're going to be watching and getting all the wonderfully spicy takes online as well. It's just one of the happiest times of the year. I'm very excited that the co-chairs this week as well are Penelope Cruz, Michaela mm. Cole, Roger Federer and Dua Lipa. Look, when I think of... Fashion, fashion. You think of Rog. I don't think of Roger Federer. <laughs> you know I don't what? think I've ever thought of Roger Federer as that. I think of Roger Federer as a nice guy. Anna Wintour has been ser- in the box and she's made that promise to him and now she's kept it. That's what's happened. She's had a couple of champagnes. She's been in the box and said, Rog, mm. you're going to be one of the coaches. Oh, God. Like, what's he going to bring to that? I mean... Uh, a Rolex watch. <laughs> and that's about it. Exactly. <laughs> um... I just, I mean, 
Yeah, I fell asleep reading that name <laughs> for the Met Gala. Like, <sighs> Michaela Cole, though, no that'll be a good Michaela vibe. Michaela Cole, amazing. That's yeah. a good vibe. Penelope Cruz, amazing. Dua Lipa, amazing. Hello. Oh, she's so hello, isn't she? I love her. <laughs> Hello. 7 a.m. local time. Australian Eastern Standard Time is when you can watch it. That's when it all kicks off online. And there's always ways you can stream it. Usually I stream it through the Vogue YouTube. They have a really good stream. Um, and you can enjoy all the awkward banter that happens with the uh, red carpet Who are you hosts. wearing? They're yelling, who are you wearing? <laughs> That's it. Tuesday it is. <laughs> Tuesday, I should say. 7 a.m. Tuesday because it's on Monday in New York City. So 7 a.m. Tuesday. Yeah. Can't what a, wait. What a great fun. way to spend breakfast as well. Totally. Over your <laughs> eggs and bacon. Yeah. So the fattiest breakfast you can find is you watch all the skinniest yeah. people in the room wearing their car Lagerfeld. I don't know if this fits into fashion, but you know what? I'm going with it because I want to hear the does. fashion. Mip, some sad news. Palazzo Versace on the Gold Coast, the famous and deliciously tacky hotel, is not going to be renewing its naming rights on the hotel that bears its name. 25 years. So I'm assuming it's going to go through to the 2025 because they took over in the year 2000, right? That's when it all kicked off. Yeah, and at the time, oh, my goodness, wasn't it the the most glamorous place or glamorous, as I like to say, (laughs) place on earth? Um, Glamorous Versace. You love a bit of glamorous Versace. Versace. Exactly. I mean, it's the land of the white bikini, or it was at least, um, with gold tassels and resort wear. In Australia, for the first time, I mean, we've we've had the uh, Kerry and Pixie Skase Resort up there mm. in Port Douglas. That was that was on par, but nothing of this, nothing of this level. In that, you know, the whole place was decked out in Versace stuff. And, it was and gilded glamour, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, this was also too at the height, or perhaps at the tail end of Versace's success. In that, you know, the eighties was Versace heyday. The nineties still pretty good. Things were starting to trail off at that point. And but I do actually think it's all, yeah, it's all coming back. You know, that whole kind of style and ornate, more ornate taste, I guess, the minimalism we've been we've been used to and, and I guess the, the kind of the more homely stuff that we, we, we got into um, over, the, over the couple of years of lockdown. I think things are changing again. So I'm actually a bit saddened because I was looking at the hotel, which I have to say I've never stayed at. Have you stayed at it? No, I can't believe you've never stayed at it. What's wrong with you? I know, I can't you? believe. I just love talking about it. <laughs> Talking about it and dreaming of it. I almost um, stayed. I checked it out recently. I was like, I got to stay there at least once. And I read the reviews, and they're not kind. <laughs> like, I don't think it's aged well. <laughs> they're not kind. Like, but this also, actually, if it hasn't aged well, this is where this is my time to shine. <laughs> this is my time to go and like re-embrace the Palazzo Versace before we lose it. it. Sounds awesome. I love a bit of faded glory. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure you're the person that told me when I was on an island in Hawaii to go and check out the decrepit building that Elvis once filmed. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, it's still there. And it was there. an absolute shit heap. <laughs> Damaged by a cyclone many, many years ago. <laughs> but that's where Elvis in Hawaii was filmed and I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> And it just looks like a wreck now. But, yeah. you know, I think I think Palazzo Versace is my next holiday. Now that it's going yeah. and now that it's, you know, they're not going to update anything, 
I just I, I love faded glory. This is where this is where I live in my head. I'm like it's Grey Gardens. Oh like, my that's god, me. little lady, little lady's coming to Palazzo Versace. Exactly. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Everyone, let's let's all embrace it while we can. Yeah, and Enjoy steal the- a couple of cushions because. <laughs> I, I, there's, they've got good cushions, but I'd say they won't be updating them so they won't care if you just pop one in the suitcase. All right. Well, so if anybody's listening from their legal team, we did not just say that. We're not encouraging you to steal the Versace cushions. No, I'm pretty sure they won't care. They won't care. <laughs> they won't care. I will put the article about that in the show notes. The whole other part of that is that it kind of refers to the Gold Coast, the changing face of the Gold Coast. And I know that we mm. have a bit of playful fun about the Goldie and how it's your spiritual home, but it hasn't changed a lot in the last even yeah. 10, 20 years. Like what people do for fun, how people in the Gold Coast see themselves and live is very far away from the world of Palazzo Versace, I think, in, in 2023. And so that's interesting in and of itself. But I'll chuck that in the yeah. show notes and um, and I'll look forward to seeing you there and seeing some Versace cushions on your couch the next time I visit your house. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, you just said it into a microphone on a podcast. That's fine. No that's fine. That's fine. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> what are you banging on about this week? I am banging on about a television series that I know our former bang boy, James, also has watched recently in the last week and adored, and it's follow-up to the series Love Me, which came out couple of years ago in in lockdown and I think it was Binge's very first locally made drama. I really, really enjoyed the first series but I thought and which starred Hugo Weaving as like the dad, the patriarch of this family and it's about the family members and the, the death of his partner and how they all move on and, and their experiences of relationships at various ages in their life. And um, I thought it was maybe something I really enjoyed in lockdown because it felt very – it felt – small because it was about relationships it wasn't necessarily about about bigger ideas but um the second series has come in again and it's a sweet six parter which i i just binged straight through perfect um because it's it's a joy it's a joy to watch there's wonderful actors in it there's some wonderful acting it is very white middle class stuff um but I, 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 it feels it feels like you know like the rom com. It's 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 of its current time in that it deals with issues that we face today. And I think on that level, I I really enjoyed it and found it quite easy, quite easy to binge. So that's where I'm at at the moment, just binging stuff. Is the, is the first series a short? Up. Is the first series like six episodes yeah. as well? Okay, I can yeah. do. It. I've been meaning to watch it, and that is the the golden ticket for me to watch it if they're. Short and sharp and I can just get it done. I don't want to get life done, but, you know, there's a lot of content around there. Committing to content. Because oh, you know difficult. I've got I'm... to finish things, Miff. So I, I need to know what do. I'm getting in for. <laughs> See, this is where you and I are different. I'm happy to leave things behind. Oh, can I just say Melbourne looks fantastic in this series too. If you oh, live yeah, in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, it's all shot in Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And where, where the last one was actually probably a little bit more limited because it was filmed in lockdown, this one seems quite expansive and there's a lot of outdoor stuff. A lot of people looking cold though, to be honest. I found, you know, a lot of outdoor shots where I'm like, oh, you guys are freezing. I know what TV's like. You guys are freezing. <laughs> You've been there for hours and that jacket ain't cutting it. I always feel sorry for people who have to shoot. I always think of it like Summer Bay, Home and Away. People have to shoot oh. the summer scenes in winter. Just brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. I know. I know. They don't get paid enough for the cold work. Actoring is hard. It's very Actoring hard. Actoring is hard, Actoring Zan. is hard. 
Yes. Yeah. What are you banging on about? Well, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and I know I've been talking about this with you and audiobooks and stuff of late, but I've been really um, hitting the pavement and getting in lots of walks of late, which I've been loving. And I like listening to podcasts when I do that. So I have just been going into what's trending and just going, you know, cold in like what's, what's you know, what's popular at the moment. And that's how I stumbled onto a new BBC Four podcast called A Very British Cult, which is a very British name for a podcast. And this is based on a life coaching organisation called Lighthouse that a British-born but South African-raised fellow by the name of Paul War set up and got people in to you know, on, on on the proviso of kind of, you know, I'm going to help you with your life. You've got a goal. You want to go there. Life coaching, basically. He didn't have mm. any um, training in the area, just called himself a life coach. And very soon into that process, these conversations with all of these people that he would eventually, of course, end up asking to commit lots of money, invest money in the businesses and in growing Lighthouse, he would start telling them that their parents were toxic, that they were abusive, separating them from their families, isolating them. All the cornerstones of cult activity, but under this umbrella of we're a life coaching organisation. So this eight-episode investigation happened over 18 months with a journalist by the name of Katrin, and she has explored Lighthouse, spoken to people who have escaped the cult, um, and eventually, by the end of the episode, manages to confront Paul War. And it's fascinating because, you know, I think I've spoken about this before, like many people, I find cults really intriguing. Mm. They're not places that stupid people get drawn into. People who are drawn into cults are highly intelligent. They're often um, educated, professional. They've got a part in their life where there's a little hole and there's awful people who exploit that. And yeah. this is a and really. And we've all got that little hole sometimes. We've all got that little hole. So, yeah, it's a fantastic podcast series. I whipped through it. Um, it's called A Very British Cult. And I love that. Katrin speaks to one of the people who's escaped the cult. His name's Jeff. And you would know this from having lived there. You know how there's like a million different accents in the UK that are like if you live 10 minutes down the road, you speak in a totally different accent. She's um, One of the characters is called Jeff, but she <laughs> the way that she pronounces his name is Jaff. So now uh, my boyfriend's name is Jeff and he's now going to be called Jaff. Jeff. Jaff. 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 J-A-F-F. Jaff. Jaffy. <laughs> Jaffy. Loved it. A very British cult. Very good. Okay. That sounds fascinating. If you like cults I need some like stuff. me, dig in. I have, I have to drive back from Adelaide to Melbourne, so I might give that one a burl. You listened hey. to a whole book in that time. Yeah, going to. Harry Potter. No, you're not going to do it, are you? You're just going to leave it behind. I think so. I've come this far, you know. <laughs> I've worked my way around the how to pretend like you know what people are talking about thing. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and now I'm just I'm just comfortable. Just like, comfortable. I don't people need to are like, say, what, never, what house are you in? You're like, what? My house. Don't need to say because, you know, like I said, there's nothing cool about being ignorant of contemporary culture and pop pop culture, but I'm just comfortable with my ignorance with this and I'll just keep it on. You know, I'm just, I can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Own it, babes. It, Own it. Yeah, I know what a mug muggle is. You said that so confidently as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I've got no idea. 
Hey, babes, have a great time yeah, got- next week. Good luck in your journey and I will talk Thank to you, you when you're on the other side of the world as well. Yeah, as well. You're, you're off as well. So after that, so we'll, we'll meet up in a, in a transit lounge somewhere, hey? I'll see you in the, um, the Cavern Club in Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Cavern Club. Yes. The original home of the Beatles, yeah. apparently. Yeah, eight days Although a Although it's week. been renovated. I think it's a different venue to the one they actually played <laughs> in, but who cares? Peel back tickets. the curtain, Miff Warhurst. <laughs> Let me dream. Let me dream. Um, good luck next week. Love you lots. And Love you too. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Bang Fam. Yeah, bye. Bye, babes. On. Who is the Gen Z bimbo? It's a great question with an even better answer, which I promise to give you in the new season of Schmeitgeist. Schmeitgeist is a podcast from ABC Everyday where we unpack the biggest, weirdest trends in pop and internet culture, hosted by me, Angela Boipierre. This season, we want to know, can calling yourself a bimbo be feminist? A day in the life of a Gen Z bimbo. How did an entire generation get mad at capitalism? Everybody is going to be permanently a renter. Is it true that TikTok somehow makes ADHD look cool? And why are high-end fashion brands referencing Christianity? This is a huge trend. God is trending. For answers, subscribe to Schmeitgeist on the ABC Listen app. And follow me down a new rabbit hole every Wednesday.